Hello and welcome to FCC Talk. I am your host, John Rhodes, the Children's and Family Minister here at First Christian Church. And joining me today is the student minister, CJ Mustin, here at First Christian Church. CJ, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, John? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be with you. Uh, great to be back on here. We had a little bit of a hiatus. I uh, posted a episode with Chris last week, but then Christmas, New Year, all that stuff kept, kept us out of here a little bit. So uh, I'm glad to be doing the podcast again. Me too. Uh, so if you, this is your first time listening to FCC talk, just to remind you, we talk about like current news events and things like that, but we stray away from politics. Of course, there is enough of (laughs) that kind of stuff that you can get out there. We want this to, you know, be something where you kind of get to know us better. We kind of deliver some ministry insights, talk about our personal lives a little bit more. Um, it's not really a sermon, but we do mention some Bible from here and there. Uh, but a lot of this is just kind of discussing what's going on in our world today. How do we react to it. Uh, we're not going to tell you necessarily how to react, but, you know, just how, um, how maybe Christians around, you know, the whole situations have react and talk about those things. So um, just more than like telling you what to do, it's just kind of getting your mind going and thinking about things and also staying up to date with what's going on. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please do like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Uh, let us know in the comments if you have any thoughts on these issues as well, whether you agree with us or disagree with us. Uh, that's okay. We're, we just like to have the discussion and see what other people think as well. So, uh, CJ, let's get to our first topic. This one uh, is about a rapper called Little Lil Nas X. Little Nas X. I can never know how to say his name. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> Um, but he is uh, receiving a lot of backlash from Christians because of a single that he has been, um, releasing. Oh, he's not released it yet, but he's, he's going to release it soon called J Christ. And, uh, this is a very religious, uh, single and has a lot of religious depictions. And as he's been promoting it more and more, there's been a lot of stuff going on around it. Uh, pictures of him with a cross, pictures of him faking, a, you know, a, uh, an acceptance letter to Liberty University. Um, just kind of a whole lot going on around it. I don't, think I need to go through every little thing. Um, but if you, if you follow this rapper or anything that he does at all, you, you I'm sure you've seen it. Um, but, uh, Lil Nas X, he heard the criticisms and he heard the backlash. And so what he did is he actually took to Instagram to tell people that he's not intending to mock Christianity. He's not intending to mock Jesus. He's not intending to really mock anything. Um, but that this is just kind of his way uh, in his words, kind of his way of kind of expressing his spirituality uh, and his discovery of Christianity and things like that going on. So, um, CJ, I don't know if when you read about it was the first time you heard about it, but uh, first time you heard about it, first time you saw it, what was kind of your reaction to what Lil Nas X was doing? Uh, and then your reaction to his um, not even apology video, but just explanation video, I guess. So I didn't know, I mean, I think I had heard of Lil Nas X, um, just the name. I didn't know anything about him. Um, and so I read the article in Relevant Magazine, and um, my my first reaction was like, not really sure how to react to this. And so I went and did a little bit more research on uh, him and why he was uh, even putting out this uh 
apology or explanation and um and some of the the different things that he had done to promote this new single uh the lyrics are up online and so i went and looked at those lyrics and um at the end of the day i realized there's a lot of stuff that i mean he does that i am not a fan of um and to me it felt like especially after reading the song lyrics uh, that this was just publicity for his new single. And um, to me, it felt like it uh, an attention grab. And if he can get people talking, I know you and I, John, have had conversations where, uh, you know, people have told you, uh, you have other podcasts and uh, other social media sites where you discuss different things. And people have told you, if you can get people angry at you, your reach is going to be farther. Uh, and so to me, that's kind of, I, I don't know that he's necessarily purposely mocking, like, but he's just putting stuff out there, whatever he needs to put out to grab more attention for this new single. It's kind of the way that I took it. Well, yeah, it goes back to that old phrase, um, you know, any attention is good attention or any marketing is good marketing. I don't think the word is attention, but uh, it's it's like an old marketing phrase where it's like, essentially, if what you're doing is getting people's attention, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, you're still getting attention. And so therefore, that's going to help what's going on. And And yeah, as somebody who has, you know, sports podcasts and sports social media that I also do as well, that's something that I have never been able to really do all that well. I've done it a few times because, um, you know, like I said, it, it, it does kind of get you out of attention. But what I've noticed is every single time I do something not honestly to who I am and just more for attention, because like I said, I've done it a few times and I regret it. I don't think it was the right thing to do. But <clears throat> when I've done those things, I've always, like I said, I've always regretted it in the end and said, that's not me. That's not you know, the person that I think I should be or that I should be portraying out there. Um, and so even some of these things, I, I deleted what I did and put out an apology saying, you know, that's not who I am. That's not, you know, the kind of content that I want to put out there. Um, just last night, um, if anybody follows sports, they know that there, uh, there was a head coach in college football that he took a job in the NFL. And a lot of people are saying the reason he did that is because of a cheating scandal that was going on. And I, and I had a really good picture that I made that would have got a lot of people's attention, but it would have made a lot of people mad and it probably would have been pretty mean to post. And so a part of me was sitting there thinking to myself, What's, you know, what do I want to do here? Do I want to post this, which is surely going to get a lot of attention and probably make, you know, a good amount of, you know, people mad, but also make some people like me because I'm going against this guy? Or do I want to remain true to myself and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be that person. I, I'm, I'm going to remain true to who I am um, and, you know, follow, follow uh, God's lead in my life and not be hateful and not be, you know, judgmental and those kind of things. Uh, and so, Essentially, I, I decided not to post it, uh, and I'm glad I did because I think if I did post it, I probably would have regretted it because, like I said, it wasn't for anything more than just attention. Um, and I kind of feel the same way that you do about this whole situation, CJ, that um, I don't, I don't want to say that he is mocking Christians because he says he's not, and I want to take him at his word, right? Um, but I, I, I do think that there is a line about 
you know, exploring Christianity and expressing your spirituality, uh, as he puts it, that you you don't want to cross. Because some of the things that Lil Nas X has done, um, I, I deem as disrespectful, um, not only to, to Christ, not only to the Christian religion, but just to Christians in general. Um, For sure. Uh, Lil Nas X, he, he, he is an outspoken homosexual. Um, and that's, you know, that's his life choice and things like that, whatever. Um, but I would say that if somebody who was Christian was putting out content similar to he is about, you know, LGBTQ and those kind of things, he would probably have a similar reaction to that, that Christians are having to his content. Um, and so in no way am I promoting that anybody put out content like that. Uh, and it's hard to correlate between the two, but I think, I think you understand kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, and, and so that's kind of my thought in it all is, is there is a way to explore Christianity and to explore Christ that is not out front and in the public and could be deemed as disrespectful. And, and, and I'll give him, I'll give him some credit too. In the video, he talks about how, in one of his promotions, he was taking communion and he felt like this is, this is good. Like people are going to like that. I'm sitting here taking communion. Um, unfortunately for him, he doesn't have the knowledge that Christians believe you shouldn't take communion unless you know what you're taking it for. And so even that could be deemed as a little bit of uh, disrespectful and, um, you know, trying, trying to uh, be something that you're not. And so um, back in December, a lot of this stuff was going on and Lil Nas X actually took to social media uh, to tell people who were giving him backlash that they should not be gatekeeping Jesus. These, these were the words that he used. Don't be gatekeeping Jesus because this is how he is exploring Jesus. Um, and I kind of want to get into that CJ uh, with what I was talking about, you know, with like exploring Jesus, are there rules to how someone should search for God or should should try to find God? And they're like, are there rules for that? Or do you think that we're just being a little bit too harsh here? Um, well, it, Big question. <laughs> it is a big question. It is a big question. Um, I don't know his heart. Right. But after reading uh, a lot of the stuff that he has done, uh, the different uh, stuff that he's put out, like the sneakers that he released. Um, I, I've, I've, I find that if he was really searching for Jesus, uh, it wouldn't be to promote a new single. Uh, and so I, I hate to say, yeah, there are some rules. Um, to, to searching for Jesus because God can show up where God wants to show up. But at the same time, um, you know, you know, there's some, you got to actually do some searching and some soul searching. And the, the proof is kind of in the pudding as to whether that's legit or not. And again, I don't know his heart. Um, but, but I would, my gut reaction is that that is uh that was a a phrase that was easy for him to say to give him some um 
some ab- ability to say, no, that's, that's not what I meant. This is, you know, what I'm actually doing. So people would kind of get off his back. Um, but, but I, I also think that, you know, there's a, there's a difficulty in really how you approach it from a Christian perspective and as a Jesus follower, just from the attention, the more attention that he gets from it, the more attention he's getting. And so, you know, one of the things that Kirsten and I do, even as parents is, um, you know, the, the bad attention that our kids seek, which our kids are awesome. Uh, they would never do anything wrong. Uh, no, but the, the bad attention that they seek, if we can ignore that, as long as they are not harming themselves or others, uh, it kind of disappears really. Uh, and so, um, and so from a Christian perspective, like you, you want to stand up for Jesus. Like, yeah, this, this stuff that he has done is it's, you know, inappropriate. Um, but at the same time, then you're giving him more attention, which gives him more attention with other people. Uh, and so it's a really hard, fine, uh, fine line to walk as to how to, how to handle these situations. Um, but to say you're, you're searching for Jesus. Um, if, if this is really his search for Jesus, then I, I think that, uh, he needs to be respectful of those that, that I need, he needs to be respectful of Jesus, uh, if he's really searching for him. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, it does. And I think, I think you make a good point about like the not delivering that attention on social media and those different kind of places. Um, I've always had a thought with this that, you know, um, when somebody is disrespecting, whether they mean to or not, I'm not trying to say he's meaning to, but cause I, like, like you said, I don't know his heart. Um, but whether it, if somebody is disrespecting Jesus or they're going against, you know, Christianity or whatever else, like, um, it's really, really easy to fire back with some kind of sarcastic tweet or, you know, some kind of post that, you know, is like a gotcha or something like that. What is really, really hard to do, but I feel like we're called to do is to step away and say a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what we're called to do for our enemies is, is pray for those pray for those who, who persecute you pray for those who are your enemies. Um, even though this isn't, you know, necessarily the same persecution as they, they uh, endured in, in biblical times, it is something that you feel like is against you and against, you know, your belief in Christ. Um, and so that would be, you know, that's what I try to do. And I'm, I, I'm not perfect. You know, I mess up sometimes too, but um, <clears throat> that's what I try to do is I try to ask God that he would be delivered into this situation personally through somebody that this person knows or somebody that um, is righteous in his life, that there would be somebody who would come to him and have an honest conversation and say, hey, we appreciate that you're exploring Christianity, that you're exploring Jesus, but there are better ways to do it than mm-hmm. to disrespect, um, mm-hmm. at least in the other way other people see it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard to do is to pray that that somebody will go to that person because we live in a controlling society where you basically have control over, you know, a lot of the things in your life. 
Uh, and so we want to feel like we can control the situation and, um, you know, how this is thought of or, or what people think when in reality, we, we just have to let go and, and ask God for him to work in the situation because a person who is personally close to Lil Nas X is going to be much, much more effective than somebody like me or you just firing back on Facebook and saying, absolutely, you know, you're, you're doing this wrong. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you have any more thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, I don't think so. I would say that uh, for me, the thing that sealed the deal as to what all of this was about was when I read the song lyrics um, and I realized uh, it it wasn't like when I first read the article, I was like, oh, he maybe he's putting out Christian music. Maybe he's exploring Jesus. And then I read the song lyrics and I was like, oh, it's all about how he's not created a song in two and a half years. And now he's coming back into the music industry and he's back like Jesus came back, apparently. Um, and so that's really what sealed the deal for me. And I was like, uh, OK, all right. Um, and. And so, but I, I think you're exactly right. How you handle, uh, how you handle yourself in these situations, man, if you can pray for someone that's close to him, that's really, you're exactly right. That's real where the real impact is going to, going to happen. Right. And that person can actually speak to, you know, his heart and things. Like Absolutely. That. So, uh, before we move on, I do want to make it clear. This is not either of us endorsing this song well, no, this is a secular artist who, um, yes. like I said, has done a lot to garner backlash from the Christian community. Um, not just holy cow, time. yes. Oh my goodness. So uh, this was more just a news item topic, kind of like I said at the beginning, to talk about like our reactions and think through those things because because I think we're better when we talk about our reactions. Mm-hmm. I know a lot, not a mm-hmm. lot of people want to do. It. I don't always want to talk about my reaction stuff, but I think we're better because you know, we get to hear it out loud and other people mm-hmm. uh, can kind of not critique it or judge it. That's the wrong phrasing, but, you know, speak into it um, and give their, their thoughts on it as well. So, yeah. When uh, I started reading some of the stuff that he's done, John, I was like, Whoa, my well, goodness. And it's one of those ones where like, I don't want to stray away from topics like this. Like, yes, we don't go toward politics because politics is our own thing, but I also feel like, you know, I've wondered myself, how do other people react to this? You know, yes, I see the Christians online and stuff like that, but I thought, you know, am I, is me praying for it reacting the right way? I think so. Um, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. But like, is somebody else reacting to it a similar, a different way that I'm not thinking of uh, that could be fruitful and beneficial as well. So, uh, so yeah, kind of a tough topic to talk about, but I'm glad, I'm glad we get to talk about stuff like that. Cause I do think it's important. Um, that we recognize that. So um, our next one, this is a little bit of another tough topic because it does kind of do with the church. And uh, some people tend to distrust the church because of situations like this. But uh, I'm thankful we go to a church and CJ, you and I work in a church where I don't ever think twice about something like this happening because I have trust. Uh, Mm -hmm. But anyway, so just to get into it, a pastor, I think his name is Eli, and I forget his last name, uh, Regal... Regalado, I can't pronounce his last name, but again, I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this Eli uh, guy, he's a pastor and he admits to selling $3.2 million in worthless cryptocurrency 
to Christians. Um, again, this is somebody who you know ha- has a job title of a pastor. Uh, he's out in California, uh, and he's facing some fraud charges with his wife Caitlin. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because you know there there is the thought or the uh, you know stigma out there is like you know oh you go to church and they just want your money. Um, and and I. I don't think that the majority of churches are that way, but I can see, I've seen situations why people might be critical in that instance, and especially reading um, a situation like this where um, Regalado, Eli, he said that um, he took 1.3 million out of the 3.4, or no, I'm sorry. I forget exactly how much it was, but basically a large sum of the money, uh, he said God told him was needed to, uh, remodel their house. Um, again, I don't know his heart, (laughs) but I tend to believe that, uh, you know, large sums of money from the church are not, you know, uh, to be used to remodel me or CJ's house or to help Chris with his remodels of his <laughs> rentals and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm not trying to be critical of Eli here necessarily, but I do want to start the discussion of, um, you know, trusting a church with your money um, that, you know, you're sacrificing and giving to God, but the church is actually going to use the money in the right way. So CJ, we'll just kind of start in the same area that we did with the last one. What was your reaction to Eli Regalado, uh, selling worthless cryptocurrency to Christians claiming that God told him the money was to be used to remodel his house? Um, well, I, I, uh, I don't know a whole lot about cryptocurrency, know a whole lot about Lil Nas X or cryptocurrency. So, uh, but, but again, it just seems like one of those situations to me where it's um, self-promotion. Uh, and I'm, I'm really saddened when I see stories like this because it, it really damages uh, the, the Jesus followers that are doing good work. Uh, and so it really, it really saddened me. I was pretty blown away that, uh, they they said God told them to remodel their house. I was like, I I was pretty shocked by that. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, there's there's churches and there's pastors that are just doing incredible works. Um, and and to be able to support them and what they do is a great thing. And stories like this and and pastors that that um that do stuff like this. I mean, it just damages everybody else. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard thing, right? Is because uh, like, like I said, I believe, and not only do I believe, I know that our church is using funds, you know, what I deem to be the right ways, right? Missions, Mm -hmm. you know, furthering the church ministries, stuff like that. Um, I know that, the money here is not going to remodels in your house or remodels in my house or uh, <laughs> rentals or anything like that. Um, oh boy, Chris has had a lot of rental stories lately, but we'll have to <laughs> get into that on a different podcast. But um, I'm sure Chris would have so many thoughts with this story. Uh, but the the overall thing, like you're you're right that when you hear stories like this, you immediately think is what is this doing to others? 
uh, with their belief and their trust in giving to to their local church. You know, mm-hmm. you and I, we work in the church. We see what happens with the money. You know, we're in the budgeting meetings. And so for you and I, it's like, oh, this is kind of crazy. But, you know, we know our church is doing well and mm-hmm. they're using the money in the right way. But for somebody who maybe just started going to church and just started giving, you know, what what's their reaction? Are, are they going to start giving less right. because they think, oh, uh, this isn't, you know, maybe this church isn't trustworthy. Are they going to start, you know, maybe giving in different areas? Are they going to start just, you know, maybe not even giving at all and saying like, well, if mm-hmm. I can't trust anybody with this, then I'm, I'm just not going to give any of this money. Um, and I think that hinders our sacrifice for Christ because there is a big part of sacrificing your finances, uh, tithing and things like that. Um, that is, you know, we just talked about trusting God when you pray to him that somebody will, will, you know, help somebody else, um, out. So that way you don't have to make a Facebook post about it. Um, trusting that God would use your, use your money, uh, for, for his will, um, in ways better than what you would use it for. That's hard to trust as well. Uh, especially with everything going on in our lives as well. Um, CJ, my next question to you is, what signs, and this is kind of more real life and and more practical, but what signs should Christians look for as they give their tithes and offerings that their funds are being used the right way? So I'm talking about like when you give to a church, not just our church, but maybe other churches out there. Mm-hmm. What kind of signs and things like that should you look for to make sure uh, that your tithes and offerings are being used in the right way? I think anytime that you can uh, get your hands on um, a budget statement, you know, I know we have a a yearly meeting where we pass out the budget um, and, you know, it says where everything is going. Uh, Anytime you can kind of get your hands on that and see where the money is going, but then taking it a step further even and saying, okay, what work is being done with the organizations that, that this church or this organization is helping support. Uh, And so then you start to dive into different agencies and missions that are being supported. And if you can get down to some real life stories, um, not only are you seeing that, yes, there is a good work that's going on, but you can also kind of get uh, some nuts and bolts on, Oh, this is what it, I'm actually helping accomplish uh, out in the world or in our local community or in the church in general. Um, And so anytime that you can kind of dig down and find those stories, I think that's, that's a real Testament that things are being done the right way. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, just asking questions, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for a statement, looking for anything else, but, you know, just ask questions too. you know, mm-hmm. ask your, your pastor or somebody who uh, is in leadership at your church and say, you know, hey, what kind of things locally does the church use the finances for to mm-hmm. uh, help people, not just ministry, but, you know, help people. If somebody were to ask me that, I'd say that, you know, the church gives uh, a portion of tithes and offerings to Clay County Benevolence uh, mm-hmm. and Clay County Benevolence, you know, works in a lot of different ways because believe it or not, we get people who come into the doors here. Uh, in the church office or call the church phone. I don't know, CJ, what do you think? Maybe once or twice a day they call, um, mm-hmm. or maybe three or four times a week, somebody will call and, and ask for help with an electric bill or gas money or whatever it might be. Um, you and I don't 
have a process to go through and vet, you know, is this person actually need funds or are they just trying to, you know, swindle us, uh, you know, and, and do something over so that way they can get more money. We, we don't have the time or the, um, or the knowledge of being able to have how to do that. But somebody like Clay County Benevolence does have the time and does have the ability to mm-hmm. do something like that as well. So, um, so yeah, any more thoughts on, uh, church finances and things like that, CJ, before we move on? Well, I just think it's another testament and I'll talk about a little bit about this later. Um, but you know, when, when Paul says we're the body of Christ, um, it, you know, he specifically says we shouldn't be like, uh, I don't need you. And there's this incredible moment where we can say, all right, we as first Christian church are doing some great things, but we may not be able to do the things that Clay County Benevolence can do because that's what they specialize in. That's what God created that organization for. They do that day in and day out. And so um, being able to say, this is another part of the body. Uh, we're not going to be like, we're going to do it all. We don't need anybody else. Um, we're going to be able to say, hey, they're doing a great work. Let's support them in that. Um, I think that that, that is uh, a very healthy way for any organization uh, to to accomplish a mission, um, to say we've got where we're good, we're going to support other organizations where they're good, and that's where Paul says the body of Christ is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's excellent. Great point there. Um, totally, totally uh, agree with that a hundred percent. So, um, all right, our next topic here. This one, it, this one's more positive. Okay, we got some things going <laughs> on that we're happy about with the world as well. You know, some things going on we don't like it so much, but that's okay because we got some other stuff going on that we like as well. Um, so, CJ, I don't know if you know, but the NFL playoffs are going on. Uh, do you watch the NFL at all? I don't. You don't. I don't. I've not paid attention to it in years. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's four teams so, left, and one uh-huh. of those four teams left are the Ravens. And the Ravens head coach is uh, John Harbaugh. You might have heard of Jim Harbaugh recently. If you pay attention to football, he's he's his brother. But this is John Harbaugh. Uh, he's not been skipping around from teams as much as Jim has, so he's a little bit less well known. Uh, <laughs> what's that thing about attention, right? You, if you do more <laughs> stuff, you get more attention. But um, but yeah, so John Harbaugh. Uh, the Harbaugh family is very, uh, very religious. So they, they are, uh, the, the sons were raised Catholic. Um, and John even says that he goes, uh, to, to Catholic mass and stuff like that still, uh, in, in, uh, with his family. I think they try to every Sunday or something like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, in a press conference after, uh, after the team wins and they're getting ready to head to the AFC championship game, uh, he quotes first Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11. And when he was quoting it, he was talking about how, um, how God has given them what they need to succeed. Uh, the old Testament verse says greatness, power, glory, victory, and honor belongs to you. You being God, because everything in heaven on earth belongs to you. Basically saying that like these accomplishments we have are great and we're happy about it, but everything that he does and everything this team is doing goes back to God because he is the one that deserves the credit. He's the one that deserves the praise. And um, I mean, the whole lot more stories uh, in this article from, from John and the team and things that are going on and not just them, but, 
but other teams as well. Um, I think John's team, there's a captain on the team that holds like uh, two or three Bible studies a week for guys, which is really cool. And uh, there's a couple other guys in the playoffs who are very outspoken about their faith. Uh, Brock Purdy, CJ Stroud. If you, like I said, if you watch football, you probably know some of those names, but um, CJ kind of going back to it again. What, what's your reaction to athletes and cultural figures who give credit to God for their success? Well, I have a kind of a dual reaction on this. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing that uh, athletes and uh, professionals that have just completely excelled at what they do uh, give credit to God. I think that's, that's a great thing Um, because they are surrounded by people that like we went back to before talking about Lil Nas X, they are surrounded by people that we would never be able to impact. Uh, And so from the perspective of, you know, John Harbaugh says this, his team, he is leading a team. uh, I think it's probably impactful to his team and the people in his circle of influence that know him best. Uh, And I think that's probably impactful there. I, as far as if it's impactful to the audience at, in general, um, I don't know. It may be a little bit. I think a lot of times people look at that and say, oh, that's just something people say. Um, and so I, I think that I appreciate it from the perspective of uh, it's impactful to the people specifically in his circle of influence. Um, my second reaction to that is something that I've, really latched on to here the last few years. And that's that I think a lot of times we look at ourselves and we say, man, I'm not John Harbaugh. I'm not in the NFL. I have, it's easy to look at our own lives and say, I really don't have any influence, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And so what we tend to do to ourselves is say, when I reach that level, then I will be able to, uh, give glory to God and impact people for Christ. When the reality is, is man, God has given you gifts and abilities right now to be used in your own circles of influence to impact people for his kingdom. And so let John Harbaugh go and impact people at the NFL level. And you go impact people at the middle school and high school level where God has given you your gifts and abilities uh, because he's planted you right there for that purpose. And so kind of a dual reaction there uh, when I hear stories like that. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, It reminds me of back when I was younger. Um, You know, I, obviously I I love sports growing up and I kind of looked up to some of these sports figures and uh, that, that were more outspoken about their faith. Uh, Kurt Warner is one that I remember growing up. He was very outspoken about his faith and, um, you know, a a number of others who were that way too. But, uh, and I remember, you know, sharing that with my, with my dad when I would watch football with him or something like that, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to be like Kurt Warner someday or whatever else. And it finally hit me when one day my dad asked me, he was like, what is it about Kurt Warner that you want to be like? And I said, well, I want to, you know, I want to play sports. Uh, I didn't really play football, but, you know, I want to play sports and I, I want to tell people about Jesus, you know, at a high, high level. And he, and he just kind of looked at me one day and he was like, you can do that now. And I was like, wait a minute. 
but there's no press conference after my games for me to say anything like that. You know, like I don't get up after the, uh, the high school baseball game and, and deliver a press conference to the newspaper, you know, like, so I can't say mm-hmm. something like that, but he did tell me, he was like, no, he said, you can make an impact like that on your team because it's those stories kind of like what I touched on with like the Bible study, uh, by his team captain, uh, that he puts on and the, just the, uh, Christian influence that's on the locker room that they have as well. Like that's, that's the stuff you don't see as much, but that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that does a whole lot more in people's lives than just quoting a Bible verse during a press conference, not knocking right. John Harbaugh. I think it's great that John Harbaugh does it. Um, Absolutely. But like, that was what my dad was saying. He was like, you can get up in that press conference and you can say that, but if that's all you do, that's pretty hollow because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that doesn't do a whole lot. You know, it's good that it happens, but it doesn't do a whole lot. But if you actually are going to somebody and reminding them God created you for this purpose and you are excelling in that, give credit to God for what he has given you, that makes a, a much a much bigger impact on people and uh, who they are. Do you see that as well, CJ, the, the less impactful part of just, you know, speaking to a broad audience, uh, yes. more impactful being closer with somebody and like studying God's word with them, sharing your heart with Absolutely. them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I was coming from with the whole people say, that's just something you say. Um, you know, when you really look at how are they impacting their team um, and the people in their circle of influence, that's where real change happens. And I think you and I realized that pretty quick in ministry. Maybe you realized it before. I realized it to some extent, but like, you know, when you get into ministry, kind of like I don't want to say like the pinnacle that makes it sound bigger than it is, but the the part that of ministry that people talk about very often is like the sermon giving and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. Which sermon giving again is great. I'm not trying to say that it, it doesn't do right. because it's great and it does a lot. Um, but I think you and I can both agree that we have felt like there is much more change happening in people's lives through conversation and studying the Bible with them and, you know, sitting, learning together, sharing, uh, you know, uh, how we react and feel and those kind of things, uh, sitting one-on-one with somebody that inspires much more change than getting up and delivering a sermon on Sunday morning or on Sunday night, uh, to, to the students. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. People will remember very, 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 very little of what I ever say from the stage. Uh, and that's a humbling thing when I'm like, man, that was awesome. And, uh, it's a very relieving thing when I'm like, oh, that lesson horrible. Um, so, uh, but, but the things that will really stick with people are the personal relationships and the, the moments that you, that you take out of your, your day to really just sit with them and be with them. And the cool thing is, is that, um, you know, that's, that's an opportunity everybody that follows Jesus has. Um, and you know, again, it's, it's not the things said from the stage that change people. It's what you do, uh, on a daily basis in the lives of the people that you come into contact with. Um, and, and that's the beauty of the church. That's so true. That's so true. Uh, and, and the impact of just like having a meal with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, sitting face to face across, you know, a table and conversing, even if it's just, you know, standard conversation, uh, that's mm-hmm. so much more impactful in so many ways. So, um, yeah, 
great stuff there. Let's move on to uh, kind of a little bit uh, lighter topic, I guess. It's our what you eating, what you watching, what you reading. Is there anything new that uh, you're being entertained by, or you're eating, or anything like that? New CJ, you want to share with everybody? Uh, well, we've been watching. We got a uh, a new TV show for Christmas that we've been watching through. It's called Scorpion. Have you ever heard of it, John? I have not heard of that. It's a it's a TV show where. Uh, it's a team of geniuses and they basically solve problems that like the government can't solve. And so it's, it's all about how they come to solutions and, and solve issues. And it's really, really good. Uh, we're really, really enjoying watching through that right now. So, um, I bet Hannah yeah. would love that. Hannah loves like crime mystery solving stuff, but then she also uh-huh. loves like the government political shows. <laughs> <laughs> I can't this get is, into the government shows. <laughs> this is really good. Like uh they've got a homeland guy that's a part of their team that gets them jobs and um yeah, just really good. Nice. It's is it an ongoing series or I think it's it, it ended a while ago. Okay. Um it's an older series, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, They're all a bunch of computer computer techies and they've got one guy that's like a psychologist that can read people and a mathematician that can do math like super complex math like in a split second and um yeah sounds like they all play their role and have their part like what you're talking about with the church right exactly exactly (laughs) how that connects uh yeah really cool um Oh, for me, I've been watching mostly, like I said, football and stuff like that. And um, college basketball is on now. So I've been watching that. Um, Purdue's really good, which somebody who I tend to root more for Indiana. Uh, so that does stink, I guess. But uh, but I'm also more of an Ohio State fan at heart. So it doesn't really matter to me, I guess, that much. <laughs> if my in-laws are listening to this, they're going to say I'm sacrilegious because they, <laughs> they are all <laughs> you all, all the time. But uh, but I think it's fun. I, I like the uh, the banter back and forth with with those two groups. So, um, yeah. All right, CJ, let's get to our last thing, and then we'll be done here. Is there any uh, – I think you alluded to maybe something with this earlier. Is there a Bible verse or anything that's been on your heart lately you want to share with everybody? Yeah. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. I won't – take the time to to read it but um but paul just says listen we are we are a body and uh i love the approach that he takes because he kind of takes uh goes at it from two different angles and he says uh uh, we can't say to ourselves uh well i'm just an eye and because i'm not a foot i can't be a part of the body and I think a lot of times that's what we say to ourselves. We say, I'm not this person, so I don't have a purpose. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, and and just this this idea that you have a purpose. And at the same time, he goes on and he kind of flips the script a few verses later. And he says, we also can't say, listen, I'm, I'm the head. I'm the brains of the operation. Like, I don't need you arms. Um, and And every single person that is a part of God's kingdom, that is a part of God's body, has a purpose. It has a sphere of influence that they have been planted specifically to reach. Um, I have a sphere of influence in my own life. The students that attend Worship Uncoiled have spheres of influence in their own lives. And the people that attend our church on Sunday morning have spheres of influence. And the 
that people that attend worship uncoiled or church or that are on staff are going to reach people that I will never be able to reach. And so um, having that understanding and being able to support the body and their gifts and in their abilities and propping them up in the things that they do well in their spheres of influence, I think is so vital uh, to, to how we interact with one another and just this idea of being loving and kind and supporting, even when we're like, I don't really understand uh, necessarily, uh, you know, that aspect of what's going on uh, in your life. Like, that's not something I'm super interested in, but I can support you in that interest because I know you are impacting people that also have that interest. Um, And so that's kind of where my mind has been uh, here lately is just this idea that, you know, everybody has a purpose and we are we are all uh, planted in a specific place to impact people for God's kingdom. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was talking with this about or about this with the kids in chapel before Christmas with how you know we 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 talk about gifts and talents a lot, right? Uh, that's that's kind of something that you know. I mean, it's it's obviously a huge part in the Bible. You know, what are you gifted with? What are your talents, and how do you use those for God? Uh, but something that we fail to recognize as much is our relationships, because we just tend to look at it and say, "Well, this person's more talented than me." So they should go on and, and do this, kind of like you were saying. We can kind of get down on ourselves. But in reality, just because something somebody's good at something too, they might not have all the same relationships that you do. They might not be able to reach all the same people that you're able to reach um, and do all those things. So what it really comes down to is like, yes, you have gifts and talents and abilities and God will put you in the right place to use those. Uh, But there are some situations where you have the best relationship to impact that person, whether that's to lead them to Christ, whether that's to help them understand something more about God, whether that's just to, um, you know, help them to take the next step in their faith, uh, go beyond, you know, just following God, but maybe serving in ministry, uh, maybe considering full-time ministry or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. That was something my youth minister talked about with me was that, you know, when he first brought up the conversation about full-time ministry and going to school for that, um, he didn't feel like he was the best one to have that conversation, but he knew that he was the best person in my life that to have that conversation with me. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. he didn't feel like he was the most skilled or had the best information, but he felt like he had the best relationship uh, with me to be able to have that conversation. And I think that's something we have to consider as well is, you know, even if you don't see yourself as talented, which you should, because God has created you, um, you know, with gifts and talents and things like that. Uh, you also have relationships that you can work on uh, and that you can utilize to uh, spread the gospel and help people know more about God. So absolutely. All right. Well, thanks CJ for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you everybody. Hey, for thank your, you. Uh, listen to FCC talk. Um, all the articles and news things that we talked about will be uh, in the description. So you can go there if you want to read any of those. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on FCC talk. Did you like this? Did you like kind of the more news heavy stuff? We we hope that this is serving you and giving you something to listen to on Fridays, whether you're on your way to work, on your way home, whatever else. Um, and uh, and we don't want the conversation to stop here. Like CJ and I said, we, we think it's better when we converse kind of one on one. So if this can spark a conversation between some of us and you and uh, talk more about some of these things. We think that's great. So, uh, anything more CJ before we get out of here? 
I don't think so. All right. Thanks so much, TJ, for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a good one.